Bangor Worldwide has been promoting and supporting World Mission for over 85 years. Our podcasts are free of charge. You can find out more about us at www.worldwidemission.org. We hope you enjoy this talk. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the first 20s and 30s seminar of Worldwide this year. Uh, the title of this seminar is Make the Connection Between Spiritual Health, Mental Health and Mission. And it's facilitated by Dr. Stephen Rogers, who's a good friend. He's pastor at Kingsway Church in Dunmurray, and he's also a GP as well. I'm sure you'll agree that at this moment in history, it's never been more important for us as 20s and 30s to look after ourselves physically and emotionally and spiritually, not just for our own well-being, but for the well-being of others around us as well. And Stephen's seminar is very practical and a timely word for this season, full of lots of scriptural thoughts and verses and insights, as well as insights from a medical perspective to help us. So if you find this helpful, please like it. Uh, please consider sharing it on your social media platforms as well so that others can be blessed through it. So may God bless you and speak to you as you watch. My name is Stephen Rogers. Absolutely delighted to do this seminar and I hope that you get a lot out of this. I've entitled this seminar the following, Make the Connection Between Your Body, Your Mind and Your Health and God's Perfect Will for Your Life and Mission. Make the connection between your body your mind, which touches health, and God's perfect will for your life and mission. And uh, I love this concept of connections. I love connections. I love seeing connections in life. I believe there's a connection between physical health, mental health, and spiritual health. I believe the Lord in Scripture has connected things wonderfully. Look at the humanity of Christ and the divinity of Christ interrelated and connected look at how he's designed the universe there's so many things in nature so many things in the universe from the subatomic level to the the cosmological level that are interconnected and god is an absolute genius at connecting things and uh and, and i do believe there's a connection between your body your mind and health finding god's perfect will and mission and I hope to demonstrate that over the next 20-25 minutes. One of the stories and illustrations of how important connections are is several years ago I was invited to speak at a series of schools by a pro-life organization called LIFE and the name of the conference was Connections and it was interesting obviously it was it was talking about uh, life in the womb and it was talking about abortion and it wanted to raise the, the moral issues and the ethics of abortion. But rather than directly speak about abortion and kind of way come straight in and say, oh, life is precious and it's wrong to kill babies in the womb and so on. The approach that I was given and the approach I took was this. I gave a pretty straight talk about the development of a baby in the womb from conception to birth embryology if you like and as I was given this talk I began to say some things and as I said certain phrases and certain things it was almost like the light went on in the teenagers who were listening so for example I started to talk about how at day 23 in the mother's womb the heart starts to beat 
Even before a woman knows she's pregnant, heartbeat kicks in. And it was almost like the light went on and kids began to make the connection that I was alive even before my mother knew I was pregnant. Not only that, as I give pictures and, and there were ultrasound scans and so on, and, and people could see how the development of this, this child right up to birth, that everything was connected. That, that, that to be a 10-year-old, you were a 9-year-old first. To be a 9-year-old, you were an 8-year-old and so on. Back to birth, all the way back to conception. And then I also said, do you know when the colour of your eyes is determined or the colour of your hair? It's determined in your genes right at the beginning of conception when the sperm and the egg come together and there's this fusion that even at that time in your mother's womb things about your personhood and things about your body are determined and of course through scripture we even realize that even before we were conceived that God knew us the mystery of life and so what happens is that sometimes in order to hear something we need to see it we need to feel it and we need to unlearn certain things so that we can hear the reality of truth. Just like with embryology, that, that the switch goes on, that there is a connection between conception and who you are today. There is a connection between your body, your mind, the perfect will of God and mission. Now I hear some of you cry, how can you say that? You're going to have to prove that, Stephen. And I have a favourite scripture that I'm going to use to show us how these things are interrelated and connected. And my ambition is that we will see something that will change us, that we will feel something that will put passion in us and be good for our health. And it will also enable us to discover God's good, perfect and acceptable will, which includes mission. Make the connection. And so to go to Romans chapter 12, and it's verses 1 to 9. I'm not going to read the whole passage in one go. I will speak. As I share, I'll mention the scripture. The first thing it says in Romans chapter 1 is this. Therefore, I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercies. Now just stop there for a minute. The scripture is saying this, because of God's mercies, the chapter 12 follows chapter 11 and all the other chapters of Romans. So when you see a therefore, you have to ask, why is the therefore, therefore? And the reason the therefore is therefore is this, that in the light of all the mercies and blessings of God and the incredible salvation he's given us, that because of Christ we're forgiven. More than that, we're justified. More than that, we're set apart. We're sanctified. More than that, we've got a new life. More than that, the Holy Spirit has come to live in us. More than that, nothing will separate us from the love of God. More than that, God's dealings with the world and the nations and Israel, everything comes to a climax and you're part of God's kingdom. You're, you've received these mercies. In the light of all that, what is the very first thing we should do? And it doesn't say pray. And it doesn't say meditate. And it doesn't say contemplate things or get a mystical experience. The very first thing it says, in view of all this incredible mercy, present your body as a living sacrifice. Make the connection. The very first thing we do in appreciation of God is we present our physical bodies to him. That's our hands, our feet, our mouth, 
our legs and everything. That's absolutely wonderful. That's why the body is important. It's important to take care of our bodies. It's important to honor our bodies and to honor one another's bodies. And there's a connection between worship and our bodies. And here's the thing, that, that, um, that, that when, when God wanted to show what he was like, he didn't just send a book. He didn't just send a, 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 a Valentine's Day card. He didn't even send a podcast. He sent a person in flesh and blood, Christ, God with skin on. And he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And so there is this very high value of our bodies that we give to God as spiritual worship. Interesting. The most spiritual thing you can do is give your body to God. Now, here's a connection. Why is the body so significant? And it's this, that when you become a follower of Christ, when you become a true believer, there is someone, the Holy Spirit comes to live in you. And your body is the dwelling place, the tent, the tabernacle, the temple of the Holy Spirit. And if the Holy Spirit's in you, and if he's in me, where I go, he goes. That my hands become vessels for him. My tongue becomes a member for him. My legs become a member for him. And that's why when we go on mission, we carry the presence of the Holy Spirit with us. And men, women and children everywhere need to see people with bodies who are the very dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. And you know, sometimes we've more respect for a sanctuary or a temple or a cathedral or even a library than, than we have for our, the container of the Holy Spirit. And so let's look after our bodies. And don't be surprised as you seek first the kingdom of God that he will put into your thinking and into your life things that touch your eating and your sleeping and your resting and measure and different things that connect with your body and the health of your body. And Christ came with a body. And when he left the earth, he said, as the Father sent me, so I send you people with hands and feet and bodies. And so our bodies are significant in worship. And, and that's why looking after our bodies is important. But the second thing is this. In verse 2, it says, don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. And so the second matter is this. Our minds and our thought life are important. This is so, so important. Do you know that the most terrible things begin with thoughts? That depression and suicide begin with thoughts. Murder begins with thoughts. That, that our thoughts will take us places we do not want to go. And the scripture is so practical. Having presenting our bodies to Christ, we say, Lord, change my mind. Renew my mind. Teach me how to think right, to think different. Not to think according to the way the world thinks, but to have my mind set on Christ, my mind set on wholesome things and, and good things. As it says in Philippians, what, you know, think on these things, pure things, noble things and honorable things. Did you know there is a battle for our thought life and for our mental health? And that if we fill our minds and, and we listen to stuff and we watch stuff that causes thoughts and ideas and imaginations and philosophies to corrupt us, it will be bad for us spiritually, it will be bad for us mentally, and it will be even bad for us physically. One of the stories and illustrations that shows me how important my mind is, 
is one I came across that goes something like this. There was a woman who, on return from holiday, was flying home. And at the airport, she bought some of those really expensive Belgian chocolates. We've all seen them. They were placed, you only get about six, and it costs you about 15 pounds. And there's a lovely box and a lovely ribbon. And she was sitting on the plane, and a box of chocolates right in front of her. And she noticed that the man sitting beside her, who had tattoos and long hair, suddenly ripped open the box of chocolates, smiled at her, and took out one of those really expensive chocolates. Her thoughts started to get a little bit angry and frustrated. In fact, she was shocked. And uh, that was okay, but two minutes later, he grabbed two more chocolates, stuffed them in his mouth, and immediately changes started to take place in her body. Her pulse started to race. Her blood pressure went up. She got tension in her head, tension in her chest, and her thoughts moved from anger to, to murder. She wanted to kill this man. She wouldn't do it. She was too respectable, but that's what was going on in her thoughts and her feelings. And, and all her passions were aroused and in the end of the flight he took one last chocolate and she could hardly control herself she was physically tense she was mentally stressed and she was meant to be a believer in God and the last thing she wanted to do was to bless that man and pray for that man she got off the plane she opened her hand baggage and discovered a full ribbon included box of chocolates in her hand luggage they were his chocolates, not hers. And here's the thing. She made a wrong conclusion in her thought life. And it led to physical, mental and spiritual issues that were very, very negative, very harmful. That's how important our thought life is. And we need to learn to think God's thoughts after him and take seriously our minds. Some of us treat our garages with more respect than our minds. We need to be renewed in our thinking. And the next two or three verses and the next two or three points, they expand this concept of what does it mean to think different? What does it mean to think in a God's way of thinking, a scriptural way of thinking, which is healthy for my mind and healthy for my body and will help me, as it says in verse 3, I believe, how to discover, sorry, verse 2, how to discover the good, perfect and acceptable will of God. Don't we want that? Don't we want the good, perfect and acceptable will of God? Not, not to fall short of his best, not to fall short of perfection, not to fall short of what he really wants for our lives. Then our thought life is key. And the next key is in verse 3 and it says like this, By the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought, but think with sober judgment. There's a connection with worship and the body. There's a connection with the right kind of mindset for health and spiritual health. And one of the important things about how we think is this. We do not think without sober judgment. We don't think too highly or too lowly of ourselves. We think right about ourselves. And I want to encourage you. I want to encourage myself. Let's not be controlled by thinking too highly of ourselves. The ego and what, what helps to keep me humble, what helps to keep me in the right mindset and healthy is to realize that I don't run the universe, God does. That I can't even run my own universe, I need God. 
that if I died tomorrow, a few hundred people would probably miss me, but life would go on. And it's true of every person you can think of, no matter how famous they are, no matter how rich they are, no matter how much of a celebrity they are, if they died, the life would go on, the universe would go on, and God would get his will done. And that helps to keep me sober-minded and guards my mind. But the other extreme is equally as dangerous, where there are times and seasons in my life and your life when we think so lowly of ourselves, we think like this, I could never be used by God. I don't have a gift. I don't have a talent. My life has no significance. And we need to get rid of that kind of thinking. That is not sober thinking. Because the scripture goes on to say very clearly that we're all part of the body and that we all have a role to play and we all have gifts. you know why God gave you a body? So you could do the will of God and enjoy it. Do you know why I gave you a mind? So you could think thoughts that glorify him and that he could communicate to you. Do you know why he gave us a gift and a talent and a destiny so we could be used by him? And this is so important that we don't have a false humility and think that I cannot contribute to the body of Christ. And on the whole, I often find at different times of my life and different seasons of our lives, sometimes we think too highly of ourselves and we need to humble ourselves. Other times, and more often than not, we begin to have all of these dysfunctional thoughts and ideas about ourselves. And God wants us to learn to, in a way, forget about ourselves and to focus on him, present our bodies to him, be changed in the way we think and think of ourselves with sober judgment. Which brings me to the next key to health, key to pleasing God, key to to discovering the will of God and the next connection. And that is this, it is healthy For our minds, it is healthy for us spiritually. It's healthy for us in terms of thinking about ourselves in the right way that we are a team player. And the next number of scriptures say very clearly, one body, many members. All the members don't have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ. Individually, members of one another. And this is a key to health. This is a key to discovering the will of God. This is a key to a proper mindset. When I realize it's not just about me, 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 it's us together, we're the body of Christ. Us together, we're a team. Us together, we all have different gifts, different functions. Us together on mission. You know, in the West, we think far too individualistically. It really is wrong, it's unhealthy. We need to think more and more Together we're the body of Christ. Together we're a team. That Christianity is a team sport, not an individual sport. And this is so good for me physically. This is so good for me mentally. I suddenly realize I don't have to be jealous of anyone because we belong to one another. I don't have to be jealous of someone who has a different gift mix than mine because we belong together. I don't have to be too full of myself because, or think too lowly of myself because I have a contribution to make. And we need churches and we need mission teams and we need missionary organizations that display a unity and diversity. There's something wholesome about it. There's something healthy about it. There's something connected to, to what I'm reading in Scripture. Um, how ridiculous it would be if I played for a football team and I was the goalkeeper. 
And the centre forward scores a goal and he's cheering and rejoicing. And I start to cry because I didn't score the goal. How ridiculous. And it's the same in the body of Christ. It's the same in the church. It's the same in the church on mission. That when one scores, we all rejoice. When one is used, we all rejoice. We're in this thing together. And that's why it is no small thing that Jesus said this. Right? Jesus said this. Make the connection. Truly, I say to you, that they will know you're my disciples. Not by your great preaching. Not by your great charismatic gifts. Not, not, by, not by your celebrity status. Not because how loud you talk. Not, not because you're a persuasive person. But they will know that you're really my disciples by your love one for another. Love is the key. I present my body. I change the way I think. I don't think too highly of myself. I esteem the team, the body of Christ. We esteem one another and we're able to love as a corporate expression of God himself. As it says in verse 9, let love be genuine. Don't let it be a fake. Let love be genuine. Let it be real. Let it be the real thing. The last thing we need on short-term or long-term mission trips as Christians who are divided, who are insecure, who are in competition with each other. We need a unity in diversity. We need to speak well of one another, believe the best of one another, and be rooting for one another. We need to do that at home and we need to do it at abroad. We need to do that in our workplaces. Be very, very careful how we speak about one another, how we speak about other churches, how we speak about other missionary organizations. We need this to be healthy and to be discovering the good, perfect love of God. Verses 6 to 8 just really says this. If God's given you a gift, go for it. Discover it and go for it. Don't make a career of trying to discover your gift. Go for it. Ask someone, what am I good at? What's anointed? What have you observed in my life that I can really go for it? And make my life count. And we need people to exercise their God-given gifts and their God-given talents. And please notice there are seven gifts listed here. It's not a, a, a total exclusive list. But the number seven is significant. And I guarantee this, or your money back. If you read that list, I guarantee at least one or possibly two come up for you as most likely related to your gifting your calling your purpose and your contribution discover your gift don't 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 reach the age of 40 50 or 60 and wonder why am i on this planet what is my spiritual gift mix what do i need to engage with in order to build up the body of christ and to spread the gospel to the ends of the earth and that brings me to the final comment verse 9 let love be genuine. Okay, let's make the connection here. In view of God's incredible gospel, indescribably glorious. I mean, Christ died for us, rose from the dead, ascended to the highest place, and we have mercy after mercy after mercy after mercy. He wants our bodies as living sacrifices. He wants our minds to be renewed. He wants us to think of ourselves in a proper way. 
He wants, of, he wants us to think of ourselves in terms of team and the body of Christ. We're in this together. And he wants us to discover our gift and go for it. And I do believe that all those things touch our health. If we neglect our bodies, if we treat them as property that's not worth anything, we will be unhealthy. If we fill our minds with thoughts that are negative and unclean and unhelpful, and we just listen to anything we feel like, we will be unhealthy. If we think of ourselves too highly, we'll be unhealthy. If we think of ourselves too lowly, we'll be unhealthy. And if we think of ourselves too individualistically, me, me alone, we'll be unhealthy. But if we think in terms of the way God thinks, that he's, he's placed us in his body, we will discover the good, perfect, and acceptable will of God. And ultimately in verse 9, let love come forth. Let love be genuine. I love summary scriptures because there's a lot of words in scripture. 66 books. In the Old Testament, someone says there's 619 commands. Well, Jesus has helped us. He said, let me, let me summarize the commandments for you. Let me summarize God's will for you. Let me summarize 619 commands. And it's this, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. Watch my lips. Love. Love. Love the unengaged. Love your enemies. Love the unreached. Love your wife. Love your children. Love other people. Love your neighbor. Love your workmates. Make disciples. Love them. Go with the gospel. Love them. You can't win to Christ people you don't love. Let love be real, genuine. Mission. The great commandment. Let's, let's not fall short of the great commandment. How do I obey the great commandment? Present your body as a living sacrifice. His hand, your hands are available. Your mouth is available. Your legs available. Where you go, he goes. You're available. You're surrendered. Present your brain and your mind and your thinking to God. Fill your mind with good stuff. Don't, don't think of yourself too highly. Think of others. Celebrate others. Celebrate unity. Discover your gift and move in it. And love the greatest commandment. And if we, obey, if we love Jesus, we'll obey his commandments. And of course, the great commission is related to the great commandment. Go into all the world making disciples, baptizing and teaching. And you see, that's the connection between the body. God's given me a body. Isn't it fantastic? It maybe only lasts about 80, 90 or 100 years. But while I've got this body, he's given me a mind, the ability to think. I want to be renewed in that. He's given me a gift, a ministry. He's given me other people. He's given me a church. He's given me a team. Let's discover together the will of God and obey the great commandment and obey the great commission. <coughs> As he sent Christ, he sends us. That's why we have gifts. That's why we have talents. That's why we have brains. That's why we have minds. That's why we have bodies. So that we become vessels of honor and glory to God. My last story, my last point is this. I do believe motivation for life is very important for a healthy mind and a healthy heart. And a healthy approach to spiritual things. Some people are more spiritual than God. I say that tongue in cheek. But really... 
some people, they're unreal. They're plastic. They're phonies. It says let love be genuine. Keep it real. And we need the right kind of motivation. And I do believe that God gives us that. And I heard a story, and I finish with this, of a little boy of 10 whose father was blind and had never seen him. And this little boy loved football, as I do. But he wasn't really that good. And his blind father died. And the coach of the football team came to the family and and said to the little boy, if there's anything we can do to comfort you at this time of losing your blind father, let us know. And and the little boy said, coach, there's one thing you could do. And the coach panicked. Because we say things like that and we don't really mean them. But anyway, he said... Okay, what is it, son? He said, Coach, can I play for the first team on Saturday in the cup final? And the coach panicked. He wanted to honor and comfort this little boy and keep his word, but he thought to himself, the cup final, the first team, this is too big a game. He's not so good. And he said to the little boy, Okay, you can start off for a few minutes and we'll see how you get on. So that day came, the same little boy, the same little legs, the same little brain, The same little talents. Not that good at football, but he got on that pitch and he played brilliantly. He played a blinder. He scored a goal within five minutes. Coach couldn't believe it. He played with passion. He played with energy. He he played for the team. He was man of the match. He kept him on the whole game and he scored the winner. He scored a hat-trick. He couldn't resist it. After the match, he said to the little boy, How come? What happened to you? Why did you play so well? Why did you love the team the way you did? Why did your talent kick in? You know, I can't understand it. There's something has changed you. And the little boy said this. He said, Coach, for the first time in my life, my father was watching me. My father was watching me. Now here's the connection. Here's the motivation. Your heavenly father has done incredible things, incredible mercies to save you and use you and want the best for you. Present your body. Be changed in the way you think. Don't think too high and too low of yourself. Catch a grip. Catch yourself on. And don't think me, me, me. Think us, us, us. Discover your gift. Discover your talent, whatever it is, and go for it, like that little boy. And feel the smile and the watching of your Heavenly Father. This will help us to love anybody and everybody at home and abroad. It will motivate us that we'll be more whole, we'll be more healthy. We need to declare war on the things that make us unhealthy. Where we're careless with our bodies, we're careless with our thought life, we're careless with our self-esteem, we're neglectful of others, we're neglectful of our gift and our talents. Let's go for gold. Let's play like our Father is watching, because he is. Because he is. Make the connection. Your body, your mind, your health. God's good, perfect will for your life and mission. Let love be genuine. 
We trust you've enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to make a donation to support the work of Bangor Worldwide, please visit www.worldwidemission.org slash donate.